Hey everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of Winners and Winers Radio. I am your host, Scott Steen. I am the lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. Scotty, good to see you're still here. I know you're up on Long Island. You guys got the the big brunt of Hurricane Henri today. How did that, or, or yesterday, rather. How did that go for you on Sunday? Did you, you still there? You still okay? Fine, I went to a wedding. Okay, great. You know, you gave the best response because I was asking you, talking to you Friday night about if you're worried about the hurricane, keeping an eye on it. And what was the response you gave me? You remember? Uh, somebody scheduled a wedding? On no, the, you're I like, don't even no you said, I'm not worried about it. I'm going to be inside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's the answer I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. See, that's, that's uh, nothing sums up the difference between you and I's generation more than that. You're you're the younger generation. You're like I'm not worried about a hurricane. I'm a, I'm the old man generation. I worry about the weather every day. Oh, somebody's got weather where they live. I want to talk about that. So, well, congratulations on gay on 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 avoiding the probably the most feminine male sounding hurricane of all time. You wouldn't want to be wiped out by Henri, would you, Scott? If, if you want to know a secret, I didn't even know what the hurricane's name was. You didn't even know its name? No idea. Jesus. All right. Good enough. Well, it is good to be with you guys starting off another week of fun and excitement here on the show. Of course, we want to remind you that you are listening to Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour. Why will we give you? Well, we will give you the winners. That's the deal each and every day. And we're going to do that. We're going to have a a couple of fun segments. We're going to talk a little NFL. We're going to talk some ACC college football. And of course, somebody's sizzling hot on their bet the farm. We are loading up on the farms, guys. We're going to have to hire some extra field hands, and we will have our latest and greatest bet the farm play here a little bit later in the show. So, Scott, how did your, since you weren't worried about the hurricane, you, you said you went to a wedding? I did end up going to a wedding. It, yeah. Now, you go to a wedding like every other weekend. What's up with that? It's actually weird because it was a group of siblings that got married within the span of about a month of each other. Is that right? Literally a brother and a sister. To each other? No. Okay. All right. I'm thinking I'm thinking Arkansas. So on Long Island they marry other people. That is that is good to know. Are they Long Islanders? Uh no, they're actually based in Jersey. I have a pretty funny story quickly to go sure. through in the wedding. Oh sure. So my grandmother noticed that a lot of the, you know, some of the younger people in our family are getting married, and then there's just me sitting over there. Right. So she asked me if I uh, you know, socialized. And if I saw any women that perhaps piqued my interest during the wedding, Uh uh and I gave her a response that she was not prepared for. I told her I was too busy trying to find a guy for you. And I found somebody and I immediately grabbed my grandfather and dragged him into the conversation. Nice. So, you know, I basically just reintroduced her to her husband and then I left. So you you dodged the bullet there. Something like that. I made a really bad joke and I walked out. Were there any eligible young ladies there? Uh, there were, but you know these games aren't going to handicap themselves. Uh, <laughs> uh, the younger generation. I weep. I weep for the younger generation. You should. You should really be flattered. You know, I'm taking so much attention to the craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it certainly shows, Scott. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, congratulations. You're. And you know, and you're, you know, you got plenty of time. You got plenty of time to find that special somebody. So, you know, just you just might want to just, you know, 
A little, little variety, bud. That's all I'm saying. Just spice up the life a little bit. Yep, I understand that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Get, get yourself back. You, you get your Tinder account still active? Uh, I got a couple of things active. I cannot say I've been using them that frequently or as much as I should. Yeah. But yeah, I still got them active. Okay. All right. All right. You doing some swiping? A little bit. I'm not totally helpless. I just appeared that way on YouTube. Are you are you are you way too picky? What's your uh, a what's, little bit. What's your percentage of uh, swiping right to swiping left? Ooh. Uh, if 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 a, if a female's picture pops up, what are the odds on you swiping right? Nine to one. Um. At least swiping no on ninety percent. So yeah, plus so she's plus nine hundred to make the cut, give or take. Okay, what's what's the deal? What's a deal breaker for you? A deal breaker? Yeah, what's a deal breaker? You see, you see it on you see it on her description. You're like, oh no, no, not a chance. Anybody that either mentions astrology signs or I like to go on adventures. Okay. We all like to go on adventures. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Oh, you're the one that likes to go on adventures. Oh, you that- like to travel. So do I. Like, everybody likes to travel. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody has a different definition of adventures. You know, some people's adventures, it's going antiquing in uh, Waukegan. Or uh, what's, what's, the, what is it, what's the town in Jersey there I'm trying to think of? I don't even know where you're going. Okay, fair enough. It Fair enough. So There's five words that scare me when it comes to a dating profile. Let's go on a hike. Okay. You're not a hiker? Not my cup of tea. I don't like walking. What's the <laughs> What's the longest hike you've ever been on? Uh, I did a 5K once, but that doesn't count as a hike. A 5K? Three, yeah. mi- three miles? Yeah. That's, that's it? I, that doesn't even count as a hike, but that's the longest walking I've done. You didn't do Not like, to mention, like, going for, to a destination. You, did, like, you didn't do Boy Scouts or anything? Like, the 20-mile no. hikes? I tell you, me not, though. Okay. But no, I never went to Boy Scouts. All right, fair enough. All right, guys. Well, before I before I just reach through and strangle him, um, I weep for the youth. I really do. But let's get your old, and let's find out, besides Scott, who had a bad weekend. Let's find out some of the betters that thought they had a game won. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to be on every one of these, Scott. Who took it in the shorts today? Who didn't do well? And not just not just yesterday, but we got the whole weekend to choose from. It was hard to, it was hard to pick them out, but I think we did it. Scott, let's get ready. Fire up the siren. We're going to see who we have to call the cops on. All right, let's get rolling as we so often do in what? No, not the major leagues. How about that? Scott, this is a game that I happen to have, as my premium clients well know. We had the Pittsburgh Steelers minus six and a half on Saturday night, taking on the hapless Lions. Well, it certainly got off to the start that we wanted it to. They led 23 to zip after three quarters. The Lions... Well, somebody woke them up. The Lion did not sleep tonight, Scott. The uh, They came out and scored a touchdown first play of the fourth quarter, went for two. Of course, they're the Lions, so they didn't get it. Pittsburgh came back. They righted the ship. They kicked a field goal 26-6 to with uh, four minutes left. You think we're golden. Lions uh, are able to get down there and score a TB. Okay, we're fine. It's the preseason. We're not going to certainly they wouldn't. On- yep, there it is. Onside kick. Lions recover. Lions go down and score a touchdown, including converting on a uh, on a third down play for 31 yards down to the three yard line. Steelers win 26 to 20, and that matters not because you had the Steelers minus six and a half. You had a loser, and believe me, I had my phone out dialing furiously and calling the cops. 
And we're going to look at a couple of baseball games on Sunday. If you had the Mets and Dodgers under eight and a half, you were in good shape. Mets led five to two after eight, top of the ninth, pop up, single, hit by pitch, hit by pitch, walk. Now, if we're keeping track, the bases were loaded. Yep. And then a fielder's choice. So you had two more runs scored on one hit, no errors, and that sends the game over the total. Game ended seven to two. That's just a brutal way to win. I am the only thing I'm surprised about there, Scott. I wasn't on that because one hit scoring two runs without an error, that's very, very difficult to do. And only one walk. So And Jansen wasn't even pitching. And Jansen wasn't that's the first thing I looked up, but nope. Wasn't Jansen. All right. So if you had the Mariners Astros under eight and a half, this one was even more brutal. Astros led two to one in the ninth inning. Scott, in any other baseball year before this one, well, in last year, this would have been an absolute guarantee to hit the under. But nope, not in 2020 and not in 2021. The Mariners tied it up 2-2. Two to two. Four runs going into the 11th. Nobody scored in the 10th, of course. Mariners scored four runs in the top of the 11th. But you're still not there, Scott. You're still only at eight. You're hanging on by your fingernails. Just three outs from the Astros before they scored. Nope. Nope. Astros put up that one needless run. And if you hear a phrase from us more than any other thing, it's going to be needless run. They absolutely did it. They were down 6-2. Now they're down 6-3. Woohoo! Game ends at 9. Scott, if you had the under 8.5 there, another brutal beat. Call not a fun time there. Nope. Not at all. Now, there was some good news, Scott. These are the people... That had those nice, easy victories. They had the game handicapped correctly. Everything went exactly the way they drew it up. Nothing could be finer than to sitting to be sitting in the rocket chair. So the first one was in a match between the Royals and the Cubs, and it was kind of the Royals throughout the entire weekend, but we'll focus on Sunday. Kansas City, if you had them against the Cubs, smart pick. They scored one in the top of the second, two in the third. Uh, two in the th- what is it? Two in the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Yep, yep. And then and the uh, Royals only gave up one run, so you won nine to one. Ugh, we had the under there, Scott. Just not fun. If you'd have told me before I made that bet, said so the the Cubs are going to score one. How do you like the under nine? I would have said I like it a lot, man. We beat we beat the line move. It, it ended up going off at eight. I love that play. Just just didn't work out. So if you had the Indians on the money line. They led uh, two zip over the Angels after one inning, three zip after four. And that was all she wrote. Didn't sound like much of a blowout, but the Angels, they did absolutely nothing because that game ended at three zip. And if you had the Indians on the money line, you were cruising to a nice, easy rocking chair win. And the last one was a matchup between the Marlins and the Reds under eight and a half. First of all, why? You have Alcantara on the mound and the Marlins offense Eight and a half, way too high. Anyway, you had three runs going uh, into the sixth inning. Then you had one run in the eighth inning, and that was it. So the game ended three to one Reds. Eight and a half total on an Alcantara game? Really? Is is that pretty much, if you see one of the, the big three, or even the big four with Thompson going pitching pretty well lately, if you see one of those guys going and it's eight and a half in a Marlins game, is that just an automatic under? I think you have to consider it. I mean, the reason why it was eight and a half was obviously because it's in Great American Ballpark. We know Cincinnati likes to score, but we know the Marlins can't hit. 
And we know that Alcantara is very good. So that total could have been seven and a half. Hell, it could have been four and a half. Still would have went under. Yep, absolutely true. All right, Scott. Well, let's find out who's going to wear the golden feedback today. And this one is certainly well-deserved. My goodness, it was... I, you know, I thought about making the fighting fans. Have you have you seen this the the fan fight, Scott? This one was at Pittsburgh. You've, there's a lot of them going on all the time. You mean the one where the woman slapped the yeah, guy in the, the face, one. and then her yeah, yeah, man yeah. got absolutely knocked unconscious? Uh, yeah, he did. He certainly did. He uh, he uh, blanked around, and then he stuck around for the finding out portion of the show, and it it didn't go well. Uh, but this is not that one, Scott. This is fans that perhaps behaved even worse. It is in, uh, well, no, that's, that's uh, oh yeah, we got it, we got to do it. I forgot. It's Monday, Scott. I'm, I'm a little rusty here. Let's find out, Scott, who it is that's Donkey of the Day. All right, you know what? I'll let you do, since you've got the pronunciation down, nobody, I've already butchered Henri. So you're going to do the you're going to do the French thing here. So take it, Scott. So we're going to be looking at a group of fans mm-hmm. in French league soccer. Oh, I could have done be that. Looking I could have done the that. Fans, yeah, of Nice in the League One, the League go. One, yeah, uh, soccer match between Nice and Marseille. And in the second half, Nice was up one nothing, and Marseille had either a corner kick or they had the ball that was in the offensive zone and a water bottle was thrown by one of the Nice fans and it proceeded to hit one of the Marseille players in the head. The Marseille player responded by throwing the water bottle back into the crowd. And then you had a full on malice at the palace French edition because fans stormed the field and you had a bit of a brawl on your hands. Now, in addition to the fans being stupid for just throwing any object at an actual player, which of course was a topic of conversation during the NBA season for about, I don't know, a week or so during the NBA playoffs. In addition to that, they ended up suspending play and Marseille went to the locker room because they had to try to restore order to the fans. Reasonable. They had to clean, they had to clean the, the field. It was just littered with water bottles and trash. That too. They had the niece president speak to the fans, tell them, calm down, you right. know, don't do this, whatever. So they tried to resume play in about 15 to 20 minutes because they felt like that was enough time to restore order. Oh, yeah. Nice came back out mm-hmm. and Marseille did not. Said we've had, Marseille had about said enough straight of this. up. Yeah, they said it's not safe. Uh, I'm not coming back out there. And the league said, great, you forfeit. And Nice won. So the Nice fans pelted the player, hit the player on the other team in the head, and then you force that team to forfeit. If I'm Marseille, I wouldn't want to come back out either. No, not a bit. Not a bit. Of course not. I I, I don't... This is one of the worst things I've heard as far as rewarding bad behavior goes. That's just absolutely ridiculous. That the team that perpetrated the bad behavior that caused the problem, that's the team that gets rewarded with the victory. Now, I'm not really sure what else you can do besides either A, continue on another date with no fans... B, I mean, you can't give them a red card for fan conduct. You call it a you call it a forfeit. Nice loses. Your fans are nuts. Control them next time. Game over. We're going home. That's, That's what fair. you do. But the the point is, it's kind of a double donkey of the day because you have the Nice fans, uh-huh. and then you also have the powers that be yeah. to reward Nice with a forfeit victory. 
yeah. after Marseille's players got assaulted by the fans. The league in officials. Awful. Not a fa- yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Double donkey of the day for the Nice fans and for the league in officials. Not good at all. Hey, quick reminder to you guys that we are uh, the one and only Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. Scott, did you have a you have any cocktails at the wedding? I had what was it? Six screwdrivers? Six screwdrivers? I yeah, I had six screwdrivers. Outstanding. Is that your is that your drink? Uh it, it's usually available at every wedding bar. You and but you care about the the quality of the vodka? It was Grey Goose. Oh, was it really? It was Grey Goose. Open bar? Yep. Open bar Grey Goose? At a Jewish wedding? You think I was going to pay for six uh for six screwdrivers? Come on. I wasn't going to say that. I, I did. Okay. I'm Jewish. I can say these things. Okay. Fair enough. Seinfeld bit? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I'm I'm not offended as a Jew. I'm offended by as a comic. <laughs> Brian Cranston telling all the Jewish jokes is the dentist. All right. Let's find out who the, who the drunk odds makers were today, Scott, shall we? We got we got a pretty good one here. But every every day there's lines that make no sense. There's things that happen in the world of sports betting that makes you go, hmm? And this is absolutely one of those days. Hey, man, were the odds makers drunk or what? Man, that is just a bad ending to that bottle right there, Scott. So we had a Jets-Packers preseason game on Saturday. Total of 31, Scott. 31. Now, it wasn't without reason. Can you tell us what the reason was? So, of course, Aaron Rodgers was not going to play because it's preseason. However, Jordan Love, his soon-to-be replacement, was also injured. So he was not going to play, which means that Green Bay was going to give basically all of the snaps to their third-string quarterback. And I'm sure a lot of people don't even know who that is. So that's a big reason why we saw the total drop. Plus, preseasons have been going under a lot up to this point. Mm -hmm. So... That's why, but 31 seemed to be a little bit too low. You want to continue the rest of that story? Well, yeah, funny story. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't low at all. Uh, teams put up 31 points, Scott. Oh, wait. In the first half, Bankert was actually he was actually pretty good. And how the Jets quarterbacks look? Zach Wilson was fantastic. He went 9 for 11 with two touchdowns. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Is he the answer, Scott? He's the answer for preseason. <laughs> Is he going to be another 4A player? I think he looked good. I, I said in the first preseason game, he got the ball out of his hands quickly, and Green Bay wasn't exactly trying to throw the kitchen sink at him. So a lot of right. zone coverages, a lot of open guys, and I thought he looked pretty good. All right, very good. By the way, Banker, do you know where he went to school? Virginia. Absolutely correct. He was a Virginia Cavalier. So the game... It ended up on 37. So if you, you, you're taking some halftime plays there, all of a sudden it's 31 in the second half, so you're probably getting, I don't know, 43 and a half, 44, something like that mm-hmm. for, for the full game total. And I'm sure people are loading up there like, oh, this Bankert kid, he's killer. Well, they went out and scored six points in the second half. So I imagine some, some betters got absolutely roasted in that game. But the odds makers, 31, come on, you're drunk. I think any football game minimum, regardless of quarterback play, should not have a total lower than the average triple option battle between like Army and Navy. Right. Put it at a 34 minimum and just call it a day. Georgia Tech Duke game. Do you agree? Like yes. 34, yes. 33 should be a minimum for a preseason total? Yes, I agree. But, you know, if they want to make it 31, I'm going to load up on the over. That's the way that's going to work. Yep. 
All right, Scott, I'm getting a little nervous here about our predictions because uh, Big Ben, first game in Matt Canada's new system there, and he looked uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good, Scott. Went for 8 for 10, 137 yards, two touchdown passes, no interceptions, a perfect quarterback rating. Was that 158.3? Is that correct? Yes, that's the perfect passer rating. There you go. That's what Big Ben had. So, Scott, are you getting nervous? Are we having second thoughts about our doom and gloom prediction for the boys from Steeltown? I mean, they're clearly going to the Super Bowl because they beat the Lions in preseason, right? <laughs> Premature panic time, everybody. I'm just... I mean, at the end of the day, he looked good, but you do wonder how much the Lions, either defensively, were showing much when it comes to their pressures, to their actual coverages. Plus, even if Detroit was showing everything, weren't they one of the worst defenses in the league last season? They were. They were, Scott. And the issue that we had wasn't fully about Big Ben either A, being totally cooked, but we're also concerned about him staying healthy with an additional game in the schedule. So he played what, a quarter and a half? Yep, yep, that's about what he played. Can we wait till he's five games through without the nagging leg injury before we start panicking? <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. So it wasn't a great game for the Lions. I guess you could say the Lions slept that night. Uh, they did for the first three quarters, but then they woke up for the fourth. But we already talked about that. Okay, very good. So, we had a game Saturday night between the Rams and the Raiders, Scott. Kind of an interesting development for the Rams. Uh, no punters. No punters. Johnny Hecker and whoever, not Johnny Hecker is, the other punter, uh, both had the COVID. So, they had no punters. And if this is going to be a regular season thing, and it certainly could be because with the COVID rules, these guys are going to be in close proximity to each other. You're going to have a quarterback's room. you got a receiver's room. So, I mean, it has the, the, the potential to wipe out an entire position for teams, Scott. So what adjustments as a handicapper in the COVID era are we going to have to be on our toes about? What kind of things are we going to have to look for? And what kind of adjustments are we going to have to make? Well, first of all, I'm still confused. Is there a separate kicker room? What's that? Is there... Or a separate kicker room? Why was Gay able to play, but the punters weren't able you to? You see, I don't understand that. I thought I thought it would probably get the deep snapper and also the holder. Yeah. And the place the place kicker. I mean, obviously the, the punters are the holders. The place kicker is what I meant. So, yeah, I was confused as far as why those two guys weren't included as well. And I know that Gay ended up doing the punting duties as well. Did okay. So I was yeah. kind of curious why that worked itself out. Had a 50-yarder. Yes, he did. He was okay. He was okay. You know, not much hang time. Uh, <laughs> I kept expecting one of those to come back because it was kind of on. A, it was kind of on a rope. But yeah, he did okay. So, what kind of things do you think that's going to be something that we see in the regular season? Are we going to see all of a sudden a team that didn't have a doesn't have a place kicker, doesn't have their punter, doesn't have their deep snapper? Those are, you know, those are one of those things that you like. You don't even think about them until they're not there. And then it's it happened a, a couple of times last year. I mean, people forget about this game, but when the Jets kind of butchered the potential number one overall pick, they ended up beating the Browns in one of the final games of the regular season. And the Browns were missing their top, what was it, four receivers right. for that game? Right. I mean, people don't remember that game because Cleveland made the playoffs anyway. The Jets were terrible, and they got the two pick anyway. But it happened in the regular season. I'm not just including the random regular season games where – you had to move games middle of the week because Baltimore's team had COVID or the Steelers had issues or Tennessee had issues. And then I don't know who, I don't know who Denver pissed off in the NFL office, but you know, they're moving all these other teams, all these other games around. 
The Broncos are like, hey, you know, we got no quarterbacks. NFL's like, well, that's a shame. Tough story. Anyway. So you need good, the Wake good. Forest wide receiver to uh, <laughs> exactly. quarterback for you. Exactly. The guy from the practice squad. What was it, Hinkle? Was I, it Hinkle? You're, you're a better man than I am, Scott. That is, that is a one and done for me. That name is gone from my memory. But yeah, he, he was on the practice squad as a wide receiver. He'd played some quarterback at Wake Forest. And he came in and ran, I don't know, the single wing, whatever the hell they ran, T-set. And it didn't go well. So I think we're going to see more of that this year. I mean, it seems to be a little more uh, contagious than last year's version. Would you not agree? Truth is, I can't really compare contagious and not because some of it involves the fact that at this time last year, we still weren't really sure what we were dealing with. Right. So I can't really determine if it's contagious or just people weren't as careful as they should have been in the past, which maybe could have caused some rates to go up, et cetera. But that is a serious question because you might end up trying to beat early line moves right. in the NFL, which I know all of us try to do if you're a professional handicapper. That's the only you way you make money. Total. Yeah. You see an opening total on a Monday or Tuesday and you slam the over. And next thing you know, I'm not going to try to give Buccaneers fans a heart attack, but let's just say Tom Brady gets COVID. All of a sudden, when you have Blaine Gabbert behind the center, you suddenly don't like your over. There's nothing you can do about it. Are books supposed to refund you for like, no, there's nothing you can do. You just hold the loss. You don't, you don't try to buy out of it. You don't try to pull, you pull the ripcord. No, you can, you can. I'm, I think you just understand the point is that you're going to have some situations where you're going to take a team minus five starting yeah. quarterbacks randomly out, or they're missing a bunch of wide receivers. The line goes down to pick them and then you're trapped. Yeah. And it's just the way it is. Yep. That's just the way it is. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see because you know, I, I think there's going to be, and then you've got situations with some players that aren't that aren't vaxxed yet. And I don't know. It, 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 I'm factoring into my long-term season handicapping. What do you mean you're factoring it in? I'm not taking any overs on player props. I'm taking only unders. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to touch an over with potential COVID. Okay. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Indeed. That's uh, that's an Think inter- about it. If you just have one COVID outbreak from anybody and they're missing a month, you can basically just cash any under that you have. Yeah. No, that's true. So, you know, we wanted to talk about this NASCAR thing. Maybe we will later in the week. You know, I can I've only got so much I've only got so much bandwidth on me for COVID, Scott. So let's, let's Kyle Bush won some races this year. I can't even roast him. No. Although he's I don't know, he's weird about the vaccine. They're all they're all like weird about the vaccine. So let's you know, let's let, let's be clear here, guys. There's pretty good evidence that you are still able to spread the virus. If you have the vaccine, you have a less of a chance to spread it. You have less of a chance to get it, but it is not foolproof. What it does help immensely with is the severity of your disease if you should get it. So I don't know. And then I'm reading a thing yesterday that said masks are about 10% effective. The cloth masks, you know, not the N95s, but I don't know. I think I just, I wasn't ready for another year of this. And I think that's what we're going to get. So let's talk about some good news, Scott. In direct defiance of your prediction, Miguel Cabrera hit his 500th home run yesterday for the Detroit Tigers. What, are you going to go back to NASCAR, or we're just going to skip over that? We're going to skip over it. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to do it later in the week, but yeah. Cool. I was just wondering, because you started, and then I wasn't sure. I know. I I said no, and then I started, and I went, yeah, no. So, anyway. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, so Miguel Cabrera. I'm COVIDed out. He hit his 500th home run yesterday. So, and I, and I, I told you this question, but you didn't look it up. We did not cheat. 
Only eight players have more than 300 home runs, just two, or eight, eight active players, sorry, rather, and just two active home runs. Just two active players have more than 400. So, first of all, one of them is obviously Pujols. I think he, what does he have? Six, six and change? He's, he's in the 600. 677, so if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, mean, I know he hit another one, I believe it was two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's been very good. Yeah. Pujols has 677. He's fifth all time. So, mm-hmm. First of all, have you figured it out? I gave you a chance to think about it. Cabrera is 28th. The next guy on the list is still active. He's 42nd with 443 home runs. He's 40 years old. He's been in the league 17 years. Who is it, Scott? Uh, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. That is absolutely correct. Did I give you enough clues to get it? Uh, you said 40 years old, and then that that kind of pieced it for me. Okay, so that leaves us with five. How many can you name? Okay. Trout? Yes. Um, Stanton? Yes. Votto? Yes. I think that might be where I top out. I'm, I'm trying to think of any any others that I could potentially think of. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't have any others. All right. Can I interest you in Evan Longoria? I actually thought about Longoria, but he had so many injuries, I wasn't sure if he actually would have made it or not. 314. He was really healthy early. Okay. And probably the one that surprised me more than anything was Justin Upton. Okay. Upton's always one of those guys who's had a lot of home runs, but you also forget that he's been around for so long. 15 years he's been in the league. Yeah, he's been been in the league since he was 18. Yeah. I, I've, Longoria was one that I probably could have gotten, but I really thought the injuries just derailed his career to some degree. If you'd have told me Upton had more than Votto, I would I would not believe that. that. That's fair too. Votto's been around for a while. Okay. And you're missing the one that has the most behind Cruz that's still active. I said I was going to get another one. X uh, Yankee. Does that help? X Yankee. X Yankee. I know Jay Bruce retired, so he doesn't count. No, he does not. Uh, I, I got no idea. Well, I'm not so, going to stall. I, I, well, I just don't know. Well, Sonia Henney's out. Um, Robinson Cano. Ah, three thirty. Well, active's a trick kind of question there because he's isn't he injured or suspended? Yes, he he's but he's currently he's currently an active player on a roster. At no point I would have thought about him because active is a relative term yep. apparently. Three three thirty four, sixteen years in the league, thirty eight years old. So my way of thinking, Scott, any of these guys have a shot at five hundred. I'll t- I'll tell you I'll tell you what I'll tell you what Trout is. Trout has three ten. He's twenty nine years old. I think Trout's, of course, got a serious shot, but he's already had a couple injuries over the last couple of years. Yep. I don't know if he's going to hold up. You can make the same argument about Stanton. I mean, Stanton has, I don't even know what Stan's at, probably mid-300s. Stanton's three, 332, 31 years old. Okay. Uh, it's, I mean, 31 if you're assuming that he'll play till 38, 39. Right. I mean, that's about a little bit less than 30 per. Which I think is doable in Yankee Stadium, but can he stay healthy? That's the thing. He needs 168 more in yeah you know, six seasons, roughly. That's 20. I'll give it. To, I'll give it to him. Okay. But I I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get there. Okay. Very good. And uh, we're gonna be back right after the break. We're gonna delve into the ACC. You ready, Scott? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Let's get ready. We'll be right back after this quick message. So, Scott, last time we were out in Vegas, every time we were trying to have a nice meal, what is the number one question you kept hearing whenever we were at dinner? Are you going to finish that? What? Appetizers, entrees, 
sides. You're always asking if I was going to finish what I was eating. Okay. Hey, in my defense, you eat slower than a turtle on Xanax. But, okay, let me make the question a little easier. What's the number one question you would get from people when you tell them you work for Winners and Winers? What's Winners and Winers? Exactly. So what do you tell them? I tell them that it is the place to go for your sports betting needs. They have breakdowns on every single game in a variety of sports, basketball, football, college football. We know that's coming up. It's been really a great opportunity to just get better at sports betting, and they give you all the opinions that you need. Yeah, see, and the thing I like about it is the fact that they don't just inundate you with numbers that have no context. You know, you go to some places and they just throw numbers, 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 but they don't tell you what they mean, and you just kind of your eyes glaze over. But these guys, not only do they use those same numbers and put them in context, but they're fantastic writers. They're great handicappers. You mentioned college football coming up. That's my favorite time to use winners and winners because they do every FBS game every single week. It is a fantastic site. Scott, what's the best part about winners and winners? It's absolutely free to use. That's right. It is absolutely free to use. Winnersandwinners.com. You absolutely have to check it out. You need to make this site part of your daily handicapping regimen. If you are not doing it, you are absolutely leaving money on the table. So, see, that wasn't that hard at all, right? Sure. You're still getting none of my fries. What? I, I didn't I didn't say a word. I saw you looking at them. Seriously, dude, it's it's been like an hour. If you're not going to eat them... Oh, man, that's brutal. All right, fine. Seriously, though, winnersandwiners.com. Go there or be square. second half of winners and winers radio give us an hour and we'll give you the winners and we're getting ready to lay out some winners right now in the acc by the way we are going to be taking a look at the power five conferences this week one conference per day we're going to do them in alphabetical order scott that was the about the easiest way that you and i could come up with we show no favoritism nothing like that we're just going to go right down the line of course today we start with the acc or as we call it, the Clemson division or the, the Clemson conference, Scott. So the first question, can anybody beat Clemson? No. Maybe, right. in, maybe in one game. Back to you, not, Bob. Not to, win, not to win the conference title. I just, I don't see it, especially from teams in this conference. Is it weird that the team that might have had the best chance of beating Clemson is no longer in the conference because they were in it for one year? Notre, Notre Dame. Maybe not this year, because Notre Dame, we've already talked about the season, how they're supposed to have a bit of a down year. But we're going to talk about North Carolina and Miami. They both have pretty noticeable flaws. Clemson, you make an argument, has a little bit of a flaw because you have no Lawrence, no ETN, and the defense got a little bit exposed by Ohio State last year. Having said that, are we really picking anyone to be Clemson? Because they're going to walk into the conference title game since North Carolina and Miami are on the other side. Yeah. So even if Clemson loses two games in conference play, they're still probably going to make it to the conference title game. When we're going to we're going to talk about we're going to talk about their win total here in just a minute, but I'm going to lay out the odds first. Clemson is minus 900 to win the ACC for the seventh consecutive year. They are minus 2,000 to win the Atlantic Division. So first of all, any, there's nobody in the Atlantic Division that can give them a tussle, right? 
a lot of people are making an argument that Boston College might go over their win total. Okay, right. But not to be Clemson. Like, no. Right. They, they need Clemson basically to have, what do you think, two and a half months of COVID? <laughs> yeah. It's it's going to need to wipe out. Uh, it's not going to – all the starting quarterbacks are going to need to hit Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. It's going to need to hit everybody that played for Clemson for the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, just a, a quick reminder, in that Atlantic division, Boston College, Wake Forest, Louisville, North Carolina State, Florida State, and Syracuse. Yikes. That, that is some dogs right there, Scott. So, let's talk about Clemson. All right, so I think we agree they're probably going to win the Atlantic. But their win total, it's 11 and a half, Scott. 11 and a half. So, can, you remind, can you remind me how many regular season games they play? There's 12. Okay. There's 12 regular season games. Now, of course, postseason counts towards that win total, right? Uh, I am actually not sure about that. It does. It, it was it was a rhetorical question. Yes. I was going to say, I, I don't know if it varies depending on books, but I think some might have in the like rules, postseason applies or does not apply. Correct. Generally so speaking. Read accordingly to your book. Yes. Generally speaking, though, the postseason will, will count. So they have 12 games. They start with Georgia. Okay. That's really, and I'm, I'm not using hyperbole here, that is really the only competitive game they have on their schedule. They should be a minimum, minimum of two-touchdown favorite over everybody else. Just for reference, by the way, you mentioned Georgia. Uh-huh. The other two teams we talked about to potentially be the other two best teams are Miami and North Carolina. You know what those two teams have in common? They don't have Clemson on the schedule. Yep. Yep, that's absolutely that's absolutely correct. And so Clemson really doesn't even have to play uh, anybody tough from the other division. They've got. I'm trying you don't to, say, have to say tough. You can you, you can just say anybody. Oh yeah, I'm I'm just being honest. Like, are they do they really have to play anybody? No, they they don't. I mean, I'll look at. I mean, if you look at if you look at their schedule, we'll go through it here real fast. They they start the season with Georgia, then they go South Carolina State. By the way. Look ahead line, South Carolina State. Scott, you want to take a guess at the spread? Uh, 49. About 63. Ooh. Then they've that got, was not what I was expecting. They've got G- Georgia Tech, North Carolina State, Boston College, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Florida State, and Louisville, UConn, and Wake Forest, and then regular old South Carolina. And the Boston College game is at home, by the way. Boston College game is at home. The Florida State game is at home. They do have to go to Pittsburgh, which, I mean, when you talk about, that's the toughest game they have, Scott, on their schedule. That's the toughest conference game they have. We'll disagree there. I think the toughest conference game might be NC State, who I think might be a sleeper team. But the point is Clemson should roll through the entire conference schedule. Yep. So you, you, you are you going to touch that over 11 and a half? Uh, if you get a book with postseason included, you got to take the over. Okay. I mean, that also is going to include the conference title game, which they'll probably roll in. Okay. There's really nothing to – you can make an argument they might lose to Georgia, but at the end of the day, even if they lose to Georgia, you still have a decent chance at cashing. But as a whole, I mean, the game's in Carolina, so Clemson has a home field advantage for that Georgia game. I think they're beating Georgia. Do you? I do I do right now, yeah. I, I – you know, it's, it's certainly going to be the toughest defense they see. Yeah. So I just... Um... Now, of course, you know, it's going to be in North Carolina, not South Carolina. But still, the point is, is that it's going to be an easier travel for Clemson's fans. 
Agreed. Absolutely. Absolutely agreed. And they're, they're not bringing back a ton of starters, only bringing five starters back on offense. They are bringing 10 guys back on defense. Does that matter to you? They're, they're a reload. Pro- it matters a- to me. For, yeah. It matters on the running back perspective because I think Dixon is average at best. I wasn't exactly thrilled with him in a limited, uh, you know, doses last year. Having said that, I'm a huge fan of the quarterback. And when he subbed in for Lawrence last year and had 400 plus yards against Notre Dame, you can tell this guy's legit. I think he's got a serious chance to win the Heisman. The odds reflect that. You have any issues with the quarterback? Because I think he's fantastic. I'm a little more skeptical just because I, I want to see. Sam- a, sample size, I get it. That's but, that's my whole thing. DJ Ugalele. Yeah, he's he's very, very good. Yeah, I, I agree. He uh, he And he did... He did well against against Notre Dame, and it was. I, I'm curious to see because Notre Dame didn't have a book on him, so it's kind of hard to prepare. Um, but I'm. I don't. I. I want to pump the brakes on the Heisman talk. He could be very good. There's a good chance he's very, very good. So well, the thing is, you look at the Heisman talk, and a lot of the favorites are new faces. I mean, you got Ohio State's quarterback who's brand new. You got Alabama's quarterback who's brand new. It's kind of a new era, not like it's kind of similar to college basketball in a way where you just see a lot of player of the year guys and they've all been on campus for like two months. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's really crazy how it works. So, yeah, you can make an argument that he's young and inexperienced. So are a lot of the guys at the top of the list. All right. So that's the that's the easy conf or the easy division, so to speak. Now, in the other side, this is going to be this is going to be some fun over there, Scott, because you've got a couple of teams that should be very good. You mentioned North Carolina and Miami. Then you've got perennial favorite Virginia Tech in there, and of course you've got Pittsburgh as well, who showed some flashes last year before it's kind of fading down the stretch. So, is Pickett there for the ninetieth year at quarterback? Yeah, I believe he is. Yes, yeah, he's been there for he's been there since the Civil War, nineteen ninety seven, I believe he's mm-hmm. is when he started there. So, who do you like? Uh, I know North Carolina has Sam Howell. Speaking of a guy that seems like he's been there forever, and Miami, you know, to me, are you convinced that uh, Eric King is healthy after blowing out his knee in the last game? I can't touch Miami. At at the end of the day, we saw the defense get exposed by North Carolina at the end of the year before losing the ball game to Oklahoma State. So the defense already has a couple of flaws. Plus, they lost a lot of talented defensive linemen. Of course, Rousseau opted out last year, but their defensive line is very inexperienced and, to put it gently, raw. So they might have some issues up front early on. But when you have King, who I would say isn't exactly the most consistent passer, but he's a tremendous runner, right. he's coming off a torn ACL, how am I supposed to have faith in your offense to stay afloat for an entire season? Oh, they're bringing in Rambo. That's huge. They're bringing in Charleston Rambo from. Well, I like them. From, from, I like them from in Oklahoma. Oklahoma yeah. But the point I'm trying to say is, if your offense is predicated on King extending plays and showing the wrinkle in the run, I don't know if his knee's going to hold up. So I'm not interested. If I was picking one team on the other side, I pick North Carolina. You have to because even though I do love the Clemson quarterback, I think Howell is probably the best quarterback in the conference. I just think Sam Howell's a tremendous player. And Mac Brown, I know, has a very solid, I'd say, foundation laid for North Carolina since he got there. And now it seems to be working out. The defense for me is the issue, but North Carolina does return 21 of 22 starters. They lost the leading tackler in Chaz Surratt, who was very good mm-hmm. as a linebacker. But 
at the end of the day, if we're talking about two teams with flaws in Miami and North Carolina, I'll take the healthier quarterback that's better when they're overall healthy. And I like the amount of starters that North Carolina returns. So I think you'll see Clemson, North Carolina in the title game. You? You'll see Clemson, North Carolina. I, I think that's I think that's a fair I think that's a fair bet. It's you know, they've made some changes on defense. Mainly Manny Diaz has taken over the defensive play calling and everything like that. So will it make a difference? I don't trust the defensive line. Here's I, I just can't trust it. You can't you can't get that horror show their last game they played against North Carolina. I can't get out of my head, Scott. They gave up five hundred and fifty four yards on the ground to North Carolina in the season yeah. in the season finale. That's that's not a fluke. That, that was in Miami, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. In Miami. Not good. And North Carolina a team not exactly known for their powerful ground game. They had two really good running backs last year. Right, but I mean now in the league. What I'm what, what I'm saying though is the fact they had Sam Howell, they weren't necessarily a run first team. Yeah. It's that's not true. It, you're not like giving you're not giving up five hundred and fifty yards to Army. Well, you're separate giving, point. Um, yeah, separate point also. Mac Brown a couple of years ago almost beat Clemson. They went for two and they tried to go for it. What exactly has Manny Diaz done when it comes to quality wins or quality performances? Because Miami's kind of had this reputation since the U part two. They just fall apart in almost every big game they have. Yeah. Do you think Diaz changes that? Because he's shown me nothing besides beating, I don't know, like Notre Dame in like week two of a regular season game like four years ago. You're right. Like, he doesn't show me anything. They weren't com- they weren't competitive against Clemson. They barely snuck by Virginia last year. They give up 41 to North Carolina State. They squeaked by Virginia Tech. So I'm saying that's just last year. Like their biggest wins in the, in conference the last couple of years are what beating Florida State who's been a punching bag. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Florida State hasn't been good. Well, really, since Jimbo Fisher left, right? Yeah. All right, buddy. Um, so we've so got I think, any, yeah, any, I, I any sleepers in that yet. division at all? You see anybody that could that could step up and, and challenge? I mean, what do you what do you think of Louisville? By the way, I think Louisville is a team that underachieved last year. Of course, they lost their best receiver in Atwell, who went to the pros. I think the team as a whole is okay offensively. Do you like the quarterback situation? Because I think that their quarterbacks are fine for college, but they're not really accurate enough for me with the ball. Right. So I'm not really interested. You? You know, I'm a, uh, I'm, 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 I'm kind of a Cunningham fan. I think one of the most, the curious thing is they're bringing in Shy Wirtz. You remember Shy Wirtz, quarterback at Georgia course, Southern? Georgia, Georgia Southern. Yeah, exactly. He couldn't throw at all. Yeah, you know what he's going to play. Uh, is he playing quarterback? No, he's not. He's going to be a receiver. Okay, fair enough. So I, I thought you were giving me a trick question where where quarterback was so obvious <laughs> that that was actually going to be the right answer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you thought I was trying to give you the old okie doke there. And yeah, yeah absolutely mm-hmm. not. No, Shy Wirtz is coming in from Georgia Southern to play receiver. I guess he's figured out that's pretty much his path to the NFL if one exists. So Didn't he get injured like all the time in, seemed, in Georgia Southern? It seemed that way, but you know they ran him all the time. But I'm saying, are we sure that he can actually handle running routes and getting tackled going over the middle? I've, I, he'll probably get hit less than he was hit at Georgia Southern. That's fair, but I'm not going to decide whether or not Louisville's a sleeper because they brought in a converted quarterback to play wide receiver. Well, uh, six and I'm, a six and a half is their win total. They've I'm got, not a Cunningham guy. It's he's just not accurate enough for me with the ball. Okay. Well, yeah. do you like the defense? 
for Louisville because I don't think that's really a strength either. It's okay. They have their moments. They they're really they're really really inconsistent. You know, they gave up. This is a team who gave up forty six points to Virginia Tech last year. So they got buried by Georgia Tech. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They they lose by they lose by nineteen to Georgia Tech. Give up. You can't give up forty six points to Georgia Tech, Scott. Come on. I just remember this team couldn't play on the road last year. No, no, they were, they were absolutely, absolutely dreadful. Yeah, losing to Boston College, Virginia, Notre Dame was probably the best game they played all season, and they lose twelve seven, and yeah. then lose at Pittsburgh at Georgia Tech. Yeah, just a terrible road team. Ofer on the road last year. So uh, we'll see. I think that could be set. That's uh, six and a half. I think that could be a little high for Louisville. Um, I think they'll go six and six. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think under I think under six and a half is the play there. Quick reminder, you guys, we are Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. We're laying out our ACC plans right there. You down with ACC? Yeah, you know me. Um, give me a sleeper, Scott. Any any sleepers coming? Out? Obviously, we're not going to get a sleeper out of out of the Atlantic Division. So, you know, we talked about Miami and North Carolina is. Is there any hope, any long shots here you like? Not particularly, unless you count North Carolina at 10 to 1 as a sleeper. Okay, for the conference you're saying, right? Yeah, but as a whole, if you want to talk about a team, it's going to, kind of tr- it's going to transition to my favorite win total for the conference, which I guess is technically a sleeper. I actually like this North Carolina State team. Okay. I think this team's good. Now, I know that you can talk about last year and how the team went 8-4. and four. Uh, They were solid. Yeah, I think Leary's a good quarterback. I know he had some COVID issues or injury issues last year. However, the skill position guys all return, so it's the same weapons. And I think you'd agree with me that Leary, when he plays, it tends to be very good. They also got back their leading tackler from last year and Peyton Wilson. He's had injury issues, but he's still very good. Nine defensive starters return. And you look at the schedule, they play UCF, Furman, Louisiana Tech, and Syracuse all at home. Then they play at Florida State. And at Mississippi State. Now, I think they can beat Mississippi State. I think they're the better team than Mississippi State. I don't know if you agree with me on that one. But if, even if you think they lose to Mississippi State, I just mentioned five wins because I think they'll win at Florida State. Their win total six and a half at even money on the over. I think this team could win eight. I think they could win eight games. I think this team's good. Okay. You? I don't hate that. I, I don't I don't hate that. My favorite play as far as win total is going to be a Syracuse under. Yeah, under under yeah, three. They're bad. They are, they are really bad. They're coming off a one and two season. Dino Babers going the wrong direction uh, as far as the coach. There's a guy that I, I, I think he's got to be on the hot seat, right? I got to assume so, but then you look at the talent on Syracuse's team. Part of it's because of bad recruiting, but they got nothing over there. No, they're, they're awful. They were, they were uh, outgained by almost 200 yards per game last year. They couldn't score less than 18 points per game. Couldn't move the ball 265 per game. They allowed, this is just brutal, 88 sacks over the last two seasons. Just absolutely, absolutely brutal. So this is how their schedule lays out for the Syracuse Orange. Uh, their non-con, not terrible. There, there could be. A winnable game or two there as they go to they start off with Alabama uh, that could be trouble. Or sorry, I'm still sorry. I was still on Miami. My bad. Uh, uh, we need the Jeopardy music. So they 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 start off with Ohio. Okay, that's a win, that's a winnable game. Ohio is a, usually a pretty fair program there in the MAC. Then they've got Rutgers. 
They've got a, a victory at, at Albany, FCS team, and then they uh, take on Liberty at home. Liberty. Thank you. Yep. So of those four games, Ohio, Rutgers, Albany, and Liberty, you're going to have to get three wins, Scott, because I don't see them winning a conference game. I wouldn't see them winning a conference game either. Yeah. I, th- I think they I think they lose to Liberty. I think there's a good chance they lose to Ohio. And honestly, that's one of those, if you're playing the, the over, and the, if you're playing a team total there, if they get beat by Ohio in the first week, you're you're golden. You're you're locked because I think Rutgers could beat them. I think Rutgers is absolutely a possibility. No no question at all. That's going to be two very similar programs, and Rutgers actually showed a little bit of improvement last year. So see the thing is when you're looking at, at win totals, you got to remember that it's important to beat up to beat up on the bottom feeders. The problem with the low win total teams. You are the bottom feeder, so you have no teams to beat up on in conference play. You're the mark. Absolutely absolutely correct. So that's going to be it. So you and I, we agree. I think we're a little different on the uh, on the other on the non Atlanta on the coastal winner. We both we both like Clemson. Of course, you, you can't get away from that. I got Clemson, North Carolina. I don't know if you're gonna try to back King with Miami. I until Manny Diaz wins big games. I can't do it. I, you know, I want I that that defense. It's so, it's so tempting because that defense was so good two years ago, Scott, and then they just absolutely fell apart. But they lost all their best pass rushers from last year. Yeah, I know. You know, good teams reload though, and they just they don't have to. Uh, you know, they don't have to. They just they don't have to restart every time. We know Miami at some point in the Manny Diaz tenure every year is going to lose a random game to like Virginia or yeah, somebody I know. and nobody knows why. I want I want to be different. I want I want to give us some controversy. I want I you know I just don't want to stay, take the same exact picks but I can't get away from that horrible Miami defense. I think DeArick King could be good. I think they could have some weapons on offense. I I think they're going to be an over machine. If you want to know if you want to know how I'm going to play Miami, I'm going to play the over. That's that's how I'm going to play them. But I've I've got to take North Carolina as well. Yeah, and as for your win total, I like Syracuse under as well. I don't know what do you think of North Carolina State, but I do think that team is sneaky good. They and they and they jumped up and bit some people last year. Yeah, that was a, that was a team that would that put up some surprising some some surprising games, and you know it's. It's going to be interesting to see because we're basing a lot on last year, and last year was very weird with, with the with the COVID, with no crowds and things like that. Well, that's why I'm also factoring in because NC State barely had their starting quarterback last year, and they still won eight games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They were they were they were very good. So we'll see what happens there. Um, all right. So we've got a we've got a very limited baseball card, and we've got a very limited time with uh, which to talk about it. So give me a couple of, a couple of your highlights, Scott. Uh, I'm going to hold my nose and look at the over between the Diamondbacks and the Pirates because <laughs> both pitchers are awful. And DraftKings is a total of eight and a half. Yep. Sure. I'll take the over. Mejia yeah. and Will Crow goes in that one. It'd be tough to pick a side. I got to be honest with you. I'd probably take Pittsburgh just because Arizona's on the road and you know how horrible they are there. Yep. Um, you know, I think there could be a little value on the Royals. Daniel Lynch going against Grinky. Uh, I think they, I think they've got the Astros priced a little bit too high. Remember the Royals just won three out of four from the Astros in Kansas City. Two forty is where it's what the Astros are laying. You're going to catch the Royals around plus two hundred. I think that's a I think that's worth a little pizza money. 
I think it should be closer to 200 flat. Yeah, I think I think 200, 165 or so would be more in the ballpark of where that is as well. So, all right, Scott. Well, let's get her let's get her going here, man. You we've uh, we've made it through the entire hour. We need more time, buddy. We just we need a we need that second hour someday, someday, my friend. We are expanding our network as we speak. So, we'll see what happens. But uh, let's get to it. Let's uh, let's talk about. The one play that we have left, my friend, you and I have put our heads together, and we have come up with our favorite play of the day. You said limited baseball card, but that's not all there is, Scott. Let's get ready to uh, climb on that tractor, put your little uh, chin strap around your straw hat, and fire up your corn cob pipe, Scott, because once again, it is time for our first of the week, Bet the Farm. All right, buddy. Well, we had a NFL preseason pick on Friday night with those Kansas City Chiefs. How'd the boys in red do? We had the Chiefs minus three, and they won by more than three. That's a beautiful thing. Get on there and go collect your farm, kids. That's right. That is another farm winner. And we're going to stick in the NFL, Scott. We're going to beat that horse until it's dead. We're going to take a look at the New Orleans Saints and going up against Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Saints minus four. We like that play quite a bit. You know, the Saints, they played almost as badly as they could and still managed to come this close to beating Baltimore. They turned the ball over six times, 10 penalties, still came with it within three, right? They lost by three to Jim Hart to a John Harbaugh, who has been undefeated in the postseason. I mean, in the preseason for I don't even know the last o- six years. Uh, October of 2016. Yeah, long time. Obama was president the last time they lost the preseason game. Yep. Jaguars. Meanwhile, they got absolutely curb stomped at home by the Browns. Trevor Lawrence looked like a rookie playing his first game. They allowed 319 passing yards to a Cleveland team without Baker Mayfield. And this is what it comes down to, Scott. You've got a quarterback battle on each side. You've got famous Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill going up against Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. Is that when I've got to like, I got to like Winston and Hill there, right? I think you have to, I know Lawrence could be good, but he's only played one game. Plus it was a home game. And he's now going to the Superdome. He might struggle a little bit with the crowd noise. There you go. And it's going to be a huge home field advantage just because it is in the Superdome. It is the preseason. But it's going to be the first time they've had fans in the Superdome in almost two years. Who dat nation going to be fired up, Scott? We're going to bet the farm with the New Orleans Saints minus the four points. And that will do it for today's show. We appreciate you guys stopping by and checking us out. Don't forget to tell your friends. And if you ever miss the show on our radio format, don't forget we are available on all your favorite podcast platforms. So check us out there as well. Check out our videos on YouTube. You know the drill. For myself, for Scott Reichel, for the whole team over here at Winners and Winners Radio, we appreciate you listening. Appreciate you watching. Whatever you're doing to consume our media, we appreciate the effort. We appreciate you being part of the team. You guys have a great day. And we'll see you back here tomorrow on Winners and Winners Radio. Take care, everybody.